Collateral Creatives was created and hosted by XN Radio. If you wish to get in touch with either me or Austin, feel free to leave us an email at ccmoody22 at gmail.com. We love getting feedback and requests for future episodes, so we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for your listenership and enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, and for us, good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome back to Collateral Creatives, the show where we talk about content that's not necessarily Christian so that we can find aspects of God or pieces of gospel messages in places that you wouldn't really expect to see it. I'm your host, Austin Murphy, and I'm once again joined by my lovely co-host, Cheyenne Wyatt. And the reason why we say uh, for us good night is because this is going to be one of those times where we get a fun episode because we're both tired. It's probably close to 11 o'clock at night right now yeah it's 10 45 yep so we're both tired and that means that we're both gonna be very sleepy yeah very interesting um <laughs> especially in how we start thinking about things because this is when things become unhinged <laughs> i don't know if it's unhinged things are gonna get crazy yeah we're gonna go wild Totally. For Jesus. We're going to take naps. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Collateral. <laughs> <laughs> so today, uh, this is not a matter that is something that you can easily sleep on because it's a, a tiny bit ridiculous. Uh -huh. uh, we're going to be talking about the video game. I am Jesus Christ. Uh, it's not out yet. It's it's almost out, according to the developers. Be, it'll be releasing sometime this year. Uh, to quote the the synopsis of the game, walk in the footsteps of Jesus in this incredible first-person retelling of the story of Christ from birth to resurrection. Perform amazing miracles, interact with a cast of biblical figures, and travel around the Holy Land from Jerusalem to the Galilee. Become the Messiah in I Am Jesus Christ. There's no ending quotation in I Am Jesus Christ there at the end. It's very bothersome. So. Oh, grammar. <laughs> so, uh, yes, this game is real. Um, it's very hard to tell whether or not it's something that we should be cringing at or something that we should be actually supporting. If it's one of the good Christian movies or one yeah. of the bad Christian movies, like that kind of vibe. Because like, I really want to break this trend of Christians making really bad content. Um, and I, I, I'm thinking or that... Or just cringy. Because like, some of the like quote-unquote bad movies like they still have value and that like they do point people to god and people do consume them and get something out of them but they are kind of cringy like, yes they they are they they can do the job that they were made to do but i mean they're just formulaic and from a more critical like standpoint they tend to not be like good from like good as a movie yeah they don't stand up very well as a movie itself uh usually the plot is really easy to predict because usually it's just going to be god is the most obvious answer which yes that is the case however i would really really love a christian movie where god doesn't act like just once <laughs> just something that tells about how important it is to have faith when god doesn't move like yeah, or at least you don't see him moving. Yeah, which is almost the same thing because, like, you, I mean, usually in life, you don't experience God's presence that's so obvious in yeah. the way that Christian like films. Like, what happens when there isn't a miracle? Yeah, because, like, every single time in the Christian films, there's usually something that's like, oh, this person's worldview turns around because this Christian was super steadfast in his beliefs or his or her beliefs or something along those lines but it's not very yeah, I don't even like, I don't know God's if there's God's not dead that movie oh gosh <laughs> and then God's not dead too oh I haven't seen that one I haven't seen either of them I refuse to to be honest I've seen the first one because uh, we watched it at a sleepover yeah in like middle school and it, uh, for middle schoolers you know it was like oh yeah this is good and now that I'm older I'm like eh, okay yeah I, I don't subscribe to the whole thing of because I'm Christian I have to consume and agree with all Christian media uh, I am under the belief that a lot of Christian media needs a lot of work because we're behind yeah um, 
Because like I said, the, the reason that he used the word like bad is just because it's very predictable. And mm-hmm. like in the case of God's Not Dead, for example, it was very, very stereotypical in the way that it approached and represented non-believers. It was quite literally the mental fantasy of the professor versus the student. Um, <laughs> and like some people do encounter that when they go to college, but it's not that cut and dry there's more complexity and nuance and that could have been better handled anyway we're not doing a god's not dead episode let's do well, our we're not doing a god's not video dead episode, game but th- that is still applied because <laughs> this isn't just about i am jesus christ this is also about just in general going back to the idea that we came up with in season one christian media as a whole yeah because christian media is something that we have to first of all be very careful with because we don't want to misrepresent what we believe but we also have to be smart about it because you yeah. can represent what you believe in an interesting way that, uh, that still can actually, engages the audience yeah you can do a really um, just look at the chosen the chosen has turned around so many faces and turned so many hearts towards jesus and it's genuinely entertaining as a show they yeah. still have conflict. They still have the ability to separate the different books into seasons, sometimes combining the books. Like, it's super effective, and it's a really, really good show. And it's probably the first piece of Christian media that has actually been completely unrelentingly successful. Like, we we could say something about VeggieTales, but that's for kids. Not everybody wanted to grow up with VeggieTales. Bible Man was just general. I didn't grow uh, up with VeggieTales. I didn't. I'm I gl- wanted the- <laughs> people who's like wait what's the hairbrush song yeah but you still find them entertaining that's well the actually thing. i know a lot of the songs because i grew up with people who grew up with mm-hmm. veggie tales and so they would start singing songs and so i learned the lyrics but then i didn't know the videos that went with them yeah and so sometimes i'll still like sing something just when i'm like la da 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 and like someone will like turn their head and be like oh, veggie tales yeah and i'm like Oh, that's from VeggieTales, because mm-hmm. it's just like a song that I learned when I was a kid. Yeah, and like my mom only let me watch VeggieTales as part of my Christian media consumption. Well, first of all, because she thought Bible Man was super corny and <laughs> stupid. She actually put it in the same category as Power Rangers. Yeah. She didn't want me to run around pretending that I was some dude in a latex suit fighting demons. <laughs> um, yeah, the only memory I have of Bible Man is we had Spirit Week, and... Um, one of the days was to dress up as your favorite superhero. Oh, gosh. And someone dressed up like Bible Man. Of course they did, because they're super corny. <laughs> um, well, also Christian school. Bible Man is no one's favorite but superhero. Like, <laughs> we, we, that was when we were in middle school, and it was like an ironic thing. Was irony even a thing when we were... Like, in terms of like comedy was that even like a thing that middle schoolers see josh was advanced (laughs) (laughs) so he knew that he was being that he was being dumb about it yeah okay he was like but like he was still like very seriously oh no bible man is the best superhero ever maybe even though like (laughs) he he was totally like no not really who did you dress up as? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, I dressed up like Superman. I had a cape and everything. That's I was sick. one of the only people who had a cape. That's perfect. Even though there's the whole like, no, 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 no capes thing. <laughs> um, I had a cape. Sick. I think I still have that cape somewhere. That's awesome. That, anyway. That's that's dope. Anyway, we are really out of time. Well, that's the thing. I I really do want to treat this as more of a conversation on this one because there's not much information about I Am Jesus Christ. Oh, that's true because we only have the trailers. We have the two trailers and then... We have some sirens. With the way that this episode is going, we could keep this part in and it would be in character. Do you want to? Should I? It'd be entertaining. I'll think about it. <laughs> I could keep it in. That'd be kind of funny. We have some sirens. We have sirens. Because the studio has a window. Window. What window. soundproof studio has a window? <laughs> so that you can be inspired by the skyline. Then put a Chicago. painting of a skyline. <laughs> but it's not the same, Austin. You're right. There's no gaps with a painting. <laughs> Plus, then we wouldn't have engineering spun little do not open the top window or else it will fall down. And then it fell because <laughs> someone still opened it. Yeah, we wouldn't have that lovely engineering note. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so yes, with I Am Jesus Christ, we only have the trailers, and then we have a couple dev logs, which are basically developer logs. They are just detailing how things are going. Recently, the game made the switch over to uh, Unreal Engine 5, which is a huge jump, because Unreal Engine 5 is one of the most impressive game engines ever made. Um, yeah, the difference between the two trailers that we watched is significant. Yeah, they are obviously putting in effort into making this game good. Mm -hmm. And I'm very curious to know what the actual game is about, because that's the thing. Like, I've I've played a lot of Christian games, a lot of them. Like, whenever I was growing up, uh, the only games I was allowed to play was Freddy Fish and this random PC game where you get to be some random civilian during the time of the New Testament and... Oh, that game. Yeah. I think we had that on one of the computers in the computer lab at yeah, my school. Yeah, I, I, you, you were in this like 3D environment. There were coins everywhere. You, yeah. I don't know what the coins were for, but you could explore the environments. Probably and something you never discovered. <laughs> probably something that I never discovered. And there was one time where you end up in the crowd of Jews who are condemning Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it looked really weird. All the walking cycles were weird. They looked strange. Yeah, I've definitely heard of that game before. I don't think I ever played it. It's honestly not that bad, but I had no idea what the point was, and that's the thing. Like, it, Whenever it comes to making a video game, the most important part about making a video game is making it a video game. You have to actually play something. Yeah, well, I think that game, if I remember correctly, because when we were talking about it, it was in one of my Bible classes in high school and from what I can remember from that conversation um, and again I could be completely wrong so if you're like I love that game and I describe it incorrectly I'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, send us an email send us an email (laughs) ccmoody22 at gmail.com and tell us all about it and we can fix it in one of our upcoming episodes never gonna happen Continue. It could happen. Continue. Uh, from what I remember, it's a game where you basically just play through different passages. So it'll pop up a window of a passage that you read and then like you kind of like act it out hmm. or something like that. I don't know. Like it was kind of like that idea. Uh, very much like the um, animated Bible <laughs> we would watch sometimes in my Bible classes as well. Yeah. Where um, they got tired of showing us Madame Blueberry, which is so, so... I'm so thankful for that. That's the only VeggieTales movie I've, like, seen. And I've seen it, like, five times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I really don't like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they would always be like, oh, this is the only thing in the... Um, library that was open or like available and it was like oh not Madame Blueberry again because uh, y- there was also um, a Larry what's Larry called when he's a super oh Larry or, Boy yeah there was also a Larry Boy um, VHS and um, so I have actually seen Lar- an episode of Larry Boy as well it's the one with the lie that grows big. Anyway, <laughs> all of that aside, um, that's my experience with VeggieTales. Yeah. Uh, when we weren't watching VeggieTales, uh, sometimes this would be like when the teacher was sick and we had a sub and we'd finished all our work or something, or the teacher hadn't like left anything for us to do. Um, you know, one of those days. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they would put in one of these things where it was like reading through the Bible just like word for word but then they had like these very like crudely animated scenes to go along with it sick um (laughs) we didn't watch very many of them Mm -hmm. which is you know probably good because they weren't that good like you know the Bible is good but the um, like narrator wasn't very good at enunciating and the animation like I said wasn't very fluid Mm -hmm. Um, and so stuff like that where it's just like okay let's like word for word go through the bible can be beneficial because that helps with biblical literacy but I don't know if it's the most entertaining content for making a video game no Um, it's very difficult to make a game out of that 
whole scenario. Like everything relating to scripture makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can easily make a game out of some events. Like I am still waiting for a uh, a Israelite RTS. Like, like walking through the desert. No, 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 no. When they've established themselves as a kingdom and they're uh, wiping everyone out. That would be super fun. <laughs> that would be sick. Like, you or could like use during the time powers. of David, and you could yeah. be like one of his mighty men. And you and you go and fight armies and stuff. The like they were called to do that all the time. You have the story already. You have mm-hmm. spiritual powers. Like both sides had spiritual entities, so you could use that as like a multiplayer aspect too. Just you know, you have to make it fair. So obviously, you have to kind of dumb down God a little bit. But <laughs> Which like, people probably wouldn't be okay with. I'd be fine with it for the multiplayer aspect. For the single player aspect, we like could, just like reduce his powers for. Yeah, for, not, for like dumbing down. I like, think is the thing that people would be like, "Hey, hold on, God's not dumb." I think. <laughs> I don't think anyone <laughs> would think of it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, just pretty much you have to it's like I was saying you have to keep in mind that this is a video game you need to make it a game first if you want to make a story then go ahead and write a book make a show whatever just don't make a game that's just basically an interactive click adventure you know that's not going to work for the scriptures well and like you were saying like stories as well like there's so many Christian books Mm -hmm. that pull from scripture and then are really interesting in their approach um so one of the ones that i had to read for my um we called it monster lit but it's like the actual name of it was something longer like i'm trying to remember hold on let me think for a sec um forbidden knowledge in the something or another Mm -hmm. something like that um and i was like "Ooh, forbidden knowledge um which was part of why i signed up for the class i think but um it was mostly just like talking about like sin in humanity and like in media and it was a really fun class um but the particular novel that i'm thinking of was based around Um, the story of the guy who had, um, like, the legion of demons inside of him, Mm -hmm. and, um, that, you know, was healed, um, and they were all cast out into pigs and stuff, and so it's called Madman, and it's by, like, I want to say Tracy Groot, I might have her first name wrong, it was something like Stacy or Tracy, but her last name's Groot. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. it was a really interesting book and it had a lot to do with scripture for the most part because it was trying to like develop the background of the madman. Mm. Um, and okay. like, so it was like this philosopher from Alexandria, I want to say, travels into the town where the madman is Mm -hmm. um, because he's trying to solve this mystery of how his like group of philosopher friends basically fell fell apart and um, so he's trying to solve this mystery uh, ends up staying at this inn that's run by the family of the people um, that are related to the madman and so, like, in that way, we end up, like, discovering all of these, like, intertwined relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, how people um, view the madman. And then there's, like, this whole, like, side plot with the cults of Dionysus. <laughs> and it goes all over the place. And um, the most important character, like, besides Jesus is Zagreus. Um, which apparently a lot of people didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, it's interesting to say the least how like they that particular author took like a very short story in the Bible and just expanded it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the scene where it gets to like when, um, Jesus like 
they include when Jesus calms the storm, st- when Jesus calms the storm, as like a prelude to when he like summons out the demons and stuff, and like those scenes are so cool because that's like what the entire book's been building up to. Um, and so even though like the entire book was very predictable, mm-hmm. um, I think within a chapter or maybe two once all the main characters were introduced and like you kind of had a feeling of how each of them behaved um i was able to predict what the final like plot twist romantic pairing was yeah (laughs) um so it wasn't a plot twist (laughs) uh (laughs) but um even with all of that like predictability and stuff the way that the author like set up the scene with Jesus was really rewarding Mm -hmm. and I think like that's one of my favorite examples of Christian media and like I would say they did it really well yeah um even though that book like I I was a little bit annoyed with it but I think that was just more like from a school aspect of things and not of a like the book itself necessarily like I said there were some predictable elements and so that would have annoyed me um no matter what but I think since I had to read it for school and I had to read it like within a certain time frame that kind of made it a little bit worse with the predictability (laughs) um because sometimes you don't notice that as much when you just kind of like slowly read through something yeah I think that for me, one of my favorite pieces of content uh, that I grew up with, my mother actually made this a requirement for me to play other games. Um, basically, as I was hitting the turning point from 12 to 13, uh, she wanted to know that she could trust me to sort of, I guess, not get messed up by violent games. So Video games make you violent, though. I was specifically... I remember very well. I specifically uh, was... No uh, No, I'm moving right past it. Uh, I remember it was Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2. It had just come out, and I had the demo. And I was was allowed to buy it if I beat Left Behind 2 Rise of the Antichrist. Uh, This was a very interesting game, to say the least very looking back on it now it wasn't all that impressive but it was a real-time strategy game which meant you know you could control armies you can control individual people you can move them around you can make them do specific actions typically people will think of things like age of empires or civilization revolution not revolution but like civilization as a franchise um or things like total war all of that these big old games with massive battles Left Behind didn't do that. Left Behind went for the every unit matters sort of perspective. And the game starts and there's like two Christians in New York City and you're controlling them. The story for the game is that the Antichrist is trying to snuff out the last of the Christians. And Christian... Now, don't even get me started on how wrong I think it is to say the rapture happened and Christians are still being converted. But... (laughs) um, I don't there's a lot of views with how all of that goes down so yeah cause it just left behind does it in an interesting way it's a very strange concept it's like oh sorry you became a Christian too late alright I'm just gonna leave you here bye like it's just very strange um so you're you're the last two Christians in New York Antichrist is trying to hunt you down, so you've got all these people that are sort of just atheist walking around New York City. You use these two units to evangelize to the other civilians, and as you evangelize to them, they become Christian. So you get this big old group of evangelists, basically, eventually, and you raise up a church underground somewhere. And at some point, you convert a like a SWAT officer and he has a gun and all that, right? So you're thinking, oh shoot, things are about to get pretty interesting. And they do, because this SWAT officer ends up converting a lot of his other officers. And so you got this whole kind of like team of men in uniform, full tack gear, guns and everything. Eventually, you end up kind of getting into this underground church, and there's a trap 
there's like some governor of New York City or something like that that has a bunch of the still corrupted SWAT members basically gun down all the evangelists. <laughs> and from that moment forward, for the rest of the game, because I think this is like act like the middle of Act Two, for the rest of the game you have evangelists that you can use to convert people, but you have to keep them safe by sending in your own SWAT guys to shoot anyone that's trying to kill the evangelists. So it brings up the interesting uh, perspective that I don't see a whole lot of Christians kind of representing, which is at some point we'll have to fight. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not going to always run. There'll be a point where we fight just like the Israelites did. (laughs) And, you know, just just like any of the zealots. (laughs) So there's there's a very interesting perspective there and I thought it was very interesting I never beat the game but I just got old enough that I could just buy the game myself <laughs> so I just bought Force Unleashed but that game had a very interesting perspective on sort of like a, a, a Christian game that I really liked because it wasn't retelling a biblical story yes it was retelling a book but it was doing it in a very unique way that I still haven't seen any Christian game do and Christian games, like, they don't really exist anymore. There used to be a lot of them back when games were pretty easy to just kind of slap together and you can make whatever you want. But these days, even if you make a game, you're probably not going to get much attention from it. And that's what Christianity usually needs. It needs attention. It needs to be absorbed and consumed because that's our point. That's our goal. So that's... You know, other than faith. Yeah. Well, you know, conversion. <laughs> yeah, like that's we that's, talked about that last week. Yeah, so, that's like when it comes to the human to human side of things. Like if it was like a V or like a triangle or something. Yeah, the human to human side of things is influence, but the human to God thing is faith. Yeah, I was just meaning more in the the Great Commission side of things. Yeah. That, that's more what that game is more representing because I don't really know, I don't remember if it has anything that practices the idea of faith, but um, that's kind of my whole wish that I have. I wish that there were more experiences, not just games, but just experiences in general that played around a little bit more with more of our beliefs, more of our doctrines because it, it, yeah. it, like, yes, yes, God is the answer. God is the final answer and he's the one that will you know redeem everything and bring us to where we need to be but for now there are a lot of people who want to hear a lot more than him about him than that yeah so you want something that like creates influence yeah and for better or for worse i am jesus christ has done that that's for sure um it'll just come down to whether or not it's actually like a game to be a good game and whether or not it tells the story properly to be a good christian game so what do you so, I just randomly remembered there's this one fighting game like two player like they're like, like bouncing like Mortal Kombat yeah um, <laughs> all I can think of is like the characters bouncing and it's like um, fight that type of game yeah <laughs> I don't know what the name for that is they're just they're just um, I'm pretty sure they're just called 2D fighting games. Okay, one of those um, that uses gods from different pantheons. Yeah, I told you about this one. Yeah, you brought it up when we were first going over the idea of this episode. And yeah. so it has like Zeus and like I think Buddha and stuff in there. Yeah, and then there's and then there's Jesus. There's Jesus. His intro like every character has an intro animation where they join the arena. Yeah. Before the fight starts. And if you choose Jesus, his animation is he's he on the cross. Himself he, off the cross. He pulls himself off the cross by ripping the arms of the cross off and he uses those wooden blocks still attached to yeah, his hands the, as like, weapons. Nails. Yeah, as weapons. Apparently Jesus is a really overpowered character in the game. <laughs> Um, which I found still amusing to, yeah, to a little it's funny, degree. <laughs> it's still crossing a line. Yeah. And, well, and that's why I wanted to bring that up is because, like, what is the line? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, like, okay, so there's stuff that's respectful and, like, trying to, like, be influential and show people, like, hey, the gospel is out there. Um, and, like, potentially is going to help with um, creating that, like, human-to-God side of things as well. 
um, because that is also some of our hope um, with like human to human stuff is eventually going to lead to human to God stuff. Um, but there is a line where like human to human stuff falls apart and then it's just like, oh no, that's like not treating holy things as holy. Mm-hmm. And I think the Jesus pulling himself off the cross and fighting with his nails, um, that's way over the line somewhere, even though it is somewhat amusing. I would still accept Jesus in a fighting game, though, because he did throw hands. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he flipped tables. Yeah, and I mean, if there are are people that are trying to start a fight unjustly, then maybe he's bringing justice. (laughs) Uh Um, There are plenty of verses about the wrath of God. Exactly. But <laughs> uh, that particular fighting game, not so much. No, that fighting game is really, really off when it comes to that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I it's kind of disrespectful to other religions as well. Yeah, but at least most of them are dead religions. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think anybody actually unironically believes in people like Zeus anymore. <laughs> I, I think there are some out there. I, that, that would be very fascinating to me. Yeah. Because that's, I mean... It'd be the, fun to have a conversation with them. Yeah, because, like, the age of gods is very much over by this point. Yeah, it's not a common belief, to say the least. No, it is very far from that now. But that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it, because there's... I don't think that I Am Jesus Christ is crossing a line. In fact, I think that it's actually great in the way that it's presenting itself because it's causing people to get upset and make jokes about it because they're like, oh, you're who playing as Jesus play Christ. As Jesus? Yeah, who wants to play as Jesus? Like uh, Trevor Noah, a for some reason famous talk show host <laughs> um, who is incredibly unfunny and not clever in the slightest. Uh, he did his own little take on I Am Jesus Christ, voicing how much he didn't like it and how comical it was. Way but back. most of it was just like making fun of Jesus as a character. Yeah. Uh, it was very, very strange. I, I will say the only joke that I kind of smirked at, only because it's it's just because of how bad the joke was, to be honest. But he was like, I already accepted Super Mario as my gaming savior. And I'm like, Super Mario, are you 50? Like <laughs> little kids are getting obsessed with Nintendo. Well, like, yeah, it's of course. A research. It's Nintendo does that though. Nintendo has a firm grip on children, sure, but Super Mario is just too easy of an icon to grab. That's true. Like you couldn't have. It's pit- like, like there's so many. Hello, gaming icons. fellow children. Like <laughs> or hello, fellow cool kids. Like whatever that meme is. Yeah. The, uh, how, how you how do you do, fellow teens? Yeah, that yeah. thing. You know what he should have picked? Minecraft Steve. That would have been funny. Yeah. Because that's that that's relevant. And I mean, no, everyone loves Steve. He's just a dude living in the world. <laughs> What do you think the gospel implications are for Minecraft? Okay, we can talk. (laughs) We already did a Minecraft episode. We'll have to talk about it again. (laughs) Okay. So, anyway. If you want to hear about the gospel implications for Minecraft, we have an episode about it. Go ahead and check it out. It's from season one. It's pretty good. No, it was the first episode of this season. This season? Yeah. I'm tired. You you can't blame me for any of this right now. Yeah, because you're doing ASMR. I am not. <laughs> you take that back. I don't like ASMR. <laughs> ASMR is very strange. Well, you got all close and we're whispering. Well, it's because the microphone needs to hear me. Anyway. <laughs> this will prove to be a very... This, this will prove to be a very entertaining episode, surely. Um, but yes, I am Jesus Christ. Uh, they're actually, right now, if you are someone who is actually interested in getting involved with the production of this game or development of this game, they're not looking for new team members, but for some reason, somehow, um, the the developers are currently looking for playtesters. So they have a Steam page, Steam being the primary source of games on PC. Um there's a uh, there's a button on their page that allows you to request access for the playtest. I don't know what it requires to be a playtester, but if you want to give it a shot, I would recommend it. Um, their last update that they had about like how the game is developing was actually just this past month. They finally revealed that they have a segment where you turn water into wine. Which is kind of hilarious. You know, actually, I'm going to look into this right now. Um, 
because this whole thing is just so funny. Uh, if I can just mute the, if I can just mute this, uh, it looks like what they've done. Uh, first and foremost, they have, they actually have, they have secondary and primary objectives and stuff. You get to claim territory? What even is it all this? It looked like there was kind of like a Skyrim uh, like yeah, yeah, thing it's at like, the top as well. The UI is very similar. Like, user interface is very similar to Assassin's Creed in a way. It seems like it's actually got real game design behind it. Although I will say, the guy playing this game has like a horrible setup. The game is running so slow. But... Oh my gosh, he actually has just become a spiritual being. Uh, on a fly, on the fly, you can activate your holy powers, basically. You can just walk around and boom, you're holy. Like, <laughs> and now you can perform miracles. That's kind of awesome. This game looks like it'll become actually... Become more fully God than fully human. That'd be hilarious if that's what it is. Like, <laughs> on a whim, you can go from fully God to fully man so that you can... Uh, like, you can be both, but not at the same time. <laughs> both, but not at the same time. For game mechanic purposes. For game mechanic purposes. <laughs> I, I, that's one of the most important things that people need to remember here. I've heard about this so many times. All these different shows, all these different games that don't perfectly represent... Listen, a game would be really, really boring if you were playing... Playing as the legitimate Jesus Christ, yeah, because you, you wouldn't have any challenges, you wouldn't have any. And I think being able to identify those mistakes, quote unquote, being able to identify those mistakes is important because that shows that you actually know the Bible and you know what the truth is. Yeah, and you can laugh at it. Yeah, you can and find it funny. You're developing discernment for like collateral discernment. <laughs> for wait a second, that doesn't line up. And you can still be like, okay, but I'm learning something from this. Yeah. Um because if it's doing a good fairly good job of representing what the gospel is or representing like just the basic store storyline of the Bible, then okay, you're gonna learn the story of the Bible better, mm -hmm. and that's something we all need because it's a big book. It is a very big book filled big with other boy. filled with other smaller books, and plus, it could just be my my misinterpretation. Keep in mind, I was watching that dead vlog without any audio or anything like that. It just looked like I think a better way to put it is that it looked like he just turned he just turned on miracle mode. Like, his body started glowing blue, and he all of a sudden saw all of these items that he could perform miracles on. Yeah. Well, and it's also kind of hard to pass judgment, if that's even what we're doing right now, since the game isn't out yet. We're just talking about it as a concept. Yeah. So, if it comes out and it's, like, wildly heretical... Uh, then we'll have different things to say. And you <laughs> yeah. know, we can make a follow-up episode about this game. We yeah. could give it a try and see what it's like. But This is just our pr preliminary thoughts on mm -hmm. what does it mean to have media that draws from the Bible as source material, but then does its own thing. Yeah, because like there's a lot of there's I mean we all know this. There's a ton of Christian content that tells the story of Jesus, but there's also you know some pieces that are a little bit uh, a little bit more off. Have you heard of Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have. Uh, <laughs> I still have no idea whether or not I should be okay with that movie. <laughs> It's uh, it's a very very. Apparently, it's really popular with certain people, isn't it? A play. It's a play, but I think it had a moody movie. movie yeah, <laughs> it had a moody adaptation. <laughs> no, it had a movie adaptation. Although, although right now, Jesus Christ Superstar is coming back to theaters. Yeah, because I was. Yeah, that's why I knew about it. Because I think I saw like the playbill for it or something. Yeah, they they are uh they're recreating it again. Yeah, but um. I think is it a Broadway play? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure like non-Christian like Broadway nerds um, <laughs> like no songs from that play. Because, well, yeah, the songs are great. Yeah, it's a great it's just show. Like, oh, it's another Broadway play. I'm gonna learn all the songs. But that's the that's the <laughs> thing. It's not a question of whether or not it's good 
production. If it's on Broadway, it's probably amazing. Yeah. But it's a question of, is it a good Christian Broadway play? Yeah. <laughs> um, is it even meant to be a Christian play? Does it have play? theology in it? Yeah, is it meant to be? approve of? Or is it just someone telling the story of Jesus in a comical way without having any theological background? is it background? fun at? Christianity. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and is it crossing that let's pull Jesus off the cross and fight with him? Yeah. Line? Or we're just going to use that as the continuous analogy from now on. <laughs> just like, are you really pulling Jesus off the cross right now? <laughs> <laughs> we could. That's honestly, that, that sounds like a fun way to call out a heretic that thinks that Jesus wasn't well, fully God. Are you really pulling Jesus is, off the cross? There is that one verse that's. I want to say in Hebrews, you know, I keep doing this every episode where I'm like, it's in the Bible somewhere. It's somewhere in the Bible, my guy. <laughs> um, it's either in Hebrews or Galatians. At least you're trying, you know. <laughs> um, it's maybe a Paul. <laughs> it's one of them Pauls. <laughs> Paul is like, it's so hard to remember if it's written by Paul because he wrote so many mm-hmm. books. That or it's Hebrews, um, which Paul potentially wrote, but we're not going to get into that. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, there's a verse about like sacrificing Jesus twice if um, you don't do something or another. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I'm going to actually like look up that verse. Okay. Now I'm like, what is it? And while she's she's looking up that verse, uh, I'm just going to reiterate kind of just our whole goal here because it wasn't to, this wasn't really like a plan to be like, oh, these games or these specific movies, anything like that are misrepresentations or we can't enjoy them. It was more, again, bringing up our whole discernment thing. Um, I feel like it's always going to be a continuous theme throughout the, all of these episodes that everything that you consume is going to take discernment and these sort of things aren't any different. I Am Jesus Christ might turn out to be a fantastic game, but it really is just going to come down to how well they can represent Christ while making the game fun. She has the verse. <laughs> I was right. It's from Hebrews. <laughs> I should have stuck to that instead of being like, it's in a Paul somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age and have fallen away to be brought back to repentance to their loss they are crucifying the son of god all over again and being and subjecting him to public disgrace um and the reason why that stuck in my brain i realized is because i took a class on hebrews and uh, that's a really fun verse to try and figure out the meaning of because it's all about like being saved and can you lose your salvation and yeah all of that stuff which we don't have time to get no. into however i do think that's an important final note it should be noted that nowhere in scripture does it say that if you consume the wrong content that you will lose your salvation it does say don't do it it does say beware of it you won't lose your salvation though That salvation thing only really happens if you outright will say that there is no God or there is no Christ, there is no salvation, anything like that. And to be honest, I think that it's really difficult to lose your salvation. Well, like the whole like Arminianism, Calvinist debate thing, which a lot of people probably don't even necessarily care about. I know I am impartial (laughs) to not thinking about it all that commonly. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of in the same boat where it's like, it, God makes it work somehow. I don't yeah, know like, how it works, but it does. It's like, does it really matter? It's like that um, one, like, we don't, I think it's from Hamilton, but it's like a reference to something else. So it's mm-hmm. like a double reference where yeah. it's like, um, we don't know how the sausage gets made, yeah. but it does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like in the song, like the room where it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like that. Like we don't know how it happens, but it happens. Yeah. And the, the thing that I will say, the thing that I, I have wrong with Arminianism is that it puts power in the person and just doesn't click. I think there's a mix of free will because... Uh, like when it comes to the, the Arminianism and the Calvinist 
thing. I think we're somewhere in the middle. Um, you and I? I think just like broad you, like how it works. So humanity. Yeah, humanity you. <laughs> Not a you and me you. Yeah. Um, because if you go all the way hardcore Calvinist, there is no free will. We're robots. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, why? How? There's certain things that don't make sense. I mean, I've always thought that it was more like we have this illusion of free will, but it's impossible to have true free will when there's a God that knows everything that's going to happen from start to finish. But he just knows what choices you're going to make. Yeah, but that doesn't change that they're going to happen. But is he controlling your choices? Nobody knows what's going to happen. So if he's not controlling your choices... But he knows it's going to happen. Is that still control? And that's where I'm like, there is an element of free will to it. I think there's a thing with the human brain where we don't quite get that like time is different for God because we are on a line and he is not. He is not limited to a line. Yeah. Um, because like we talk about like, oh, God is doing something right now that we can't even comprehend like what that means for the future. Mm-hmm. But he already knows what's happening in the future. He knows how this like awful event is going to work out for your good. And mm-hmm. like he's like weaving this like intricate like plot thread throughout your life. And if yeah. you, like once you get to that thing in the future and you look back you're like, "Ooh, pretty picture." Mm-hmm. Um in the tapestry. But standing on the line, like timeline, like I think I used this illustration before where it's like we are a little like knot or a bead on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, like standing on our little bead, it's like, I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh no. <laughs> um, like it's really confusing. But God, he just like is all around and surrounding the string because mm-hmm. like he is holding the string. Yeah. <laughs> and so with that, since he can see the entire string, I think he like, at least the way I understand it, I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like other theologians can argue like, I'm only 22. I do not <laughs> know all the answers. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's also like, 1147 now <laughs> so sleepy theologian uh baby sleepy baby theologian mm-hmm. um anyway because he can see how everything works he still allows us to have some measure of free will like he allows free will to exist he mm-hmm. al- allows us to make choices but like he still like controls those choices and like the different timelines and stuff that happen in those choices or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, as long as much as I would love something to get more like into that, that. <laughs> yeah, as much as I would love to get more into that conversation, unfortunately, we actually have run out of time. Yeah. Um, because we're restricted to timelines on this show. Oh no, we are a dot <sighs> on the thread. So yes, uh, as. As a reiteration of our point that we had wanted to convey in this, uh, our message was that in the world of Christian video games, is there a fine line uh, that can be crossed when you're representing scripture in an interactive media? And yes, that line does exist, it does exist, but I don't think that I am Jesus Christ is crossing it. Yeah, uh, at least that we know of. <laughs> I, I really don't think so because it's really tied in really well to scripture, and so at far, least the way it's portraying itself. Yeah, it and like to. it, it's portraying God as both man and and human. Yeah, like you're it, going around helping people. It looks like it's trying to incorporate scripture to help teach people because like mm-hmm. the trailer was. Well, the newer trailer was reading scripture while it was showing you gameplay. Yep. And I mean, I after watching this devlog just now, I mean, he was walking around. He's just helping people. Like he's going from city to city. He's just helping people. And then he yeah. just turns on that's, miracle mode. That's the wholesomeness that we need in our games. Mm-hmm. And even better, we don't even know how many miracles Jesus performed. So this could all still make yeah, sense. Yeah, the whole like, if we wrote everything down, it could fill all the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of miracles. Yeah. That's like... But also, like, John was prone to hyperbole. 
I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> the uh, disciple that Jesus loved <laughs> the most is. <laughs> so, setting up for next week so that we can come to a close properly. Uh, next week, we're either going to have a musical artist guest, but if we can't get that artist in because we're really working hard to get the, like guests like that, uh, we're going to have on a professor that I am a really big fan of, uh, host of another XN show, Alul's Cafe, Professor Jeremy Pettit. Uh, fantastic guy, really, really, really knowledgeable about a lot of things relating to theology and culture, and I think that he would be invaluable to have on the show to discuss a couple topics. So if we can't get our artist on board, uh, we'll probably bring in Pettit and we'll have some discussion yeah, with him, so probably relating to things that we'll be he's talking talking about to someone other than each other. Yeah, yeah, and won't that be fun? Yeah. What if, they, a- what if they ruin our flow? Do we have a flow? I think we do. Okay. I, like we have the flow of like like we're chill, we're just hanging out. We you know? vibing. We vibing. We're doing our thing, dog. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're weird. I know I am. So everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, fantastic. We hope that you learned something that you've uh, reflected off of our conversation well enough that you've actually gotten something out of it. That's always our goal. Uh, if you want to reach out to us or if you have any comments or questions or anything like that, we always love to hear from you guys. You can reach out to us at our email, which is ccmoody22 at gmail.com. That is ccmoody22 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you guys, and we also look forward to next week. And I'll give you, real quick, the uh, the whole synopsis of next week's message as well, which is, creators in the Christian world are busy being out in the world, using the world against itself. How can we reflect on that? So we're going to try to go in hard on that whole using the world against the world sort of thing, and we'll see if we can get something uh, Yeah, and it's really a it. continuation of what we've been talking about in this episode. Mm-hmm. Good. So connection of topics wow we really planned that well we really got that one down (laughs) all right everyone we will see you all next week farewell farewell